Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, if you've been following the uh, news this morning, you will know that American President uh, Joe Biden landed in Israel earlier on this morning on a solidarity visit. It comes after around 500 Palestinians were killed in a blast at a Gaza City hospital last night. Palestinian officials have blamed the strike on Israel, who in turn have blamed the blast on a stray rocket from uh, the organisation Islamic Jihad. So how do we know who to believe? And with all of this happening, what do you think of the West's reaction to uh, the conflict? How would you like to see Ireland uh, act? I'd love to hear from you on this. Our uh, WhatsApp number is 87 106 From the r- remove that we are, the other side of uh, Europe, how do we know who to believe and who do you trust in terms of uh, news sources? How do we tackle disinformation? And I'd like to find out what sources, what news sources you actually uh, trust. Our number is uh, 087 1400 106. Robert joins me on the line from Mayo. Robert, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on this? How do we know who to believe? Well, in relation to who to believe, I don't know uh, what you could say about that. But I do believe that uh, the escalation in violence, and there's no one to blame for it except the United Nations who have not got involved in what was happening on the West Bank when Israel went in and put people out of their homes that were living in for God knows how many years, family after family, bulldozed them down and rebuilt to bring immigrants in from anywhere in the world. And that's, for me, that's one of the reasons that shows the viciousness in the attack of the Hamas attack. And it's it's non-involvement by the by the West. And sorry, when you say when you say the viciousness, when you say the viciousness of the Hamas attack, are you saying out of sheer frustration? Is that what you're saying? Well, probably out of frustration and anger at what has been going on for unknown amount of years on the West Bank. There's hatred building up, and that's what exploded, and that's what was shown there. Now, there's no doubt that there's a small amount of uh, Arab people who have a hatred for the Jewish people. And they don't want their state to to exist. Why? I don't know. But you have to go a long way back in history. You know, at, at, at some time in the past, the Jewish people that were living there made a decision to leave because the area was uninhabitable. There was no fresh water supply. They didn't leave because they were forced out by any neighboring army or after any defeat in any war. And millions went into mainland Europe. And maybe, sadly, that's why there were so many millions in in Germany in the 30s. But after their experience in World War II, they decided that they did need a homeland. But amazingly, they didn't want to come back to where they are today. They applied to the African nations on the African continent. They wanted to develop a whole new homeland on the African continent, but these countries wouldn't give them permission. And that's why they are where they are today. So sadly, they created the entire situation that's been going on for years. Because when their people started pulling out at whatever period of time it was, uh, nomad people from the uh, Arabic uh, uh, community 
they obviously went in on top of that land area and started to, to live in there themselves. But I you, believe but you blame you, Arabs. You fundamentally blame all that's going on in the Middle East and all that has gone on for generations at this stage on an absolute failure by the United Nations to uh, act to control the situation. Definitely, but Israel has to... Well, 90% of it is. As I said, there's Arab people that have a hatred for the Jewish people, and, and as a, why it is, I don't know. But 90% of the rest is. Now, when I was living in New York, uh, maybe about uh, 20 uh, years ago or more, the idea was put to Israel. At that time, there were small incursions, nothing like what happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. But the idea was put to Israel to allow a United Nations uh, peacekeeping force to stand inside their border which I thought was a wonderful idea because in attacking the UN peacekeepers, you were attacking everyone that agreed with the United Nations and and standing up in support of Israel. But amazingly, Israel wouldn't allow them in. And I thought that was a terrible thing to do. You know, that's part of the problem. Okay, so uh, listening to you then, you you, uh, would apportion, am I right in saying you would apportion more blame on Israel than on the Palestinians? Well, definitely, there's an enormous amount of blame to go on Israel. There's no doubt about that. And what has happened is you have the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, which is supposed to be one country, Palestine. And it's absolutely ridiculous how the the areas were carved up. It just could never work. And it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But there's no doubt that the Israeli refusal to accept the United Nations uh, help in the years gone by uh, have led to where it is today combined with their abusive behaviour on the West Bank. Israel seems to want to bring all the Jewish people that are scattered over earth to a new great homeland. Look at, you can look at every nation on earth and look at our own. We have millions of people scattered all over earth. And it's happened from empire building, from uh, also from the necessity to have to leave because of famines or like the Ukrainians are having to leave now because of war and they might settle down here. And in generations time, do you want uh, some great Ukrainian nation to want to bring all the all the uh, uh, bloodline people back? It cannot be done and there shouldn't be an attempt to do it. Okay. But stay, what stay Israel the- has to do, Israel has to say to the United Nations, look, will you come in and put your uh, United Nations peacekeeping force inside our border? And that was, if Hamas attack and start killing United Nations soldiers, they're attacking all of us that mm. agree okay. with, with, with the reason for Israel to exist. Okay, stay on the line there for one second if you can, please. John is on the line in uh, Carlo. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. John, what do you think about the, the West's involvement in, in what we're witnessing? Well, I think your previous speaker uh, has given a wonderful historical uh, reason for it all. Um, I think it's very difficult for the West or indeed anybody to get get involved in this. Um, Israel certainly has been pushing the boundaries too far with all these settlements. But I don't think uh, the the, uh, Hamas is justified in going in and murdering and... Uh, kidnapping people as a result of that. It, it's like all of these conflicts anywhere. There's, there's so much history 
but it's it's nearly impossible to know how to resolve it. Uh, there was an interesting one I heard on, I think possibly on News Talk this morning, about how there are a lot of young, well-educated people coming out of the universities in, in Gaza, and they have nothing to do. So it's a sort of a, a breeding ground for uh, for terrorism. But but it's very difficult to know what what to do. But I, I think certainly at times the less said by senior people like our president, uh, the, the the better. You d- you didn't like his statement the other day, no? He's um he's not an executive president. Uh, so I think he should keep his thoughts to himself. Um, he does speak from time to time um, and rile people up the wrong way, it has to be said. Um, and uh, his comments about um, about the uh, European president went down like a lead balloon in an awful lot of quarters, it has to be said. Stay there for one second. Emmanuel is on the line uh, in Dublin. Emmanuel, uh, you would like to see this uh, debate uh, move to another state. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think that we're, we're very well served by the politics of condemnation at the moment where people are taking sides and, and so on and so forth. In regards to the hospital, I, th- I think it'll be quite a while before there can be any verification of the cause of, of that issue. But in terms of a resolution, what, I, what I'm wondering is Ireland as a neutral state. Where, where, where is our active neutrality? Could we, could, could we go as far as setting up a peace camp in the Middle East and inviting... Arab states and other countries who are supportive of a resolution rather than, say, just condemning it and, and standing idly by. So I think there's a role for our neutrality there. But on, on another note, perhaps, for example, there are 22 Arab states, and they're not all proximate to Israel, but could, could they, they're very wealthy states as well, actually. Could they not, for example, establish a new uh, settlement or create some kind of a land zone where they could extend the Gaza Strip and, if you like, reduce the pressure on the space in regard to Israel and Palestine. It's a very small area, but the two-country solution is probably unrealistic given the space there. So could these Arab states not, for example, create a new uh, zone along with the United Nations and take the heat out of the situation? By, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say a new Palestine. But That's what I was about to you say. Like You're talking extent- about moving people out of the Gaza Strip? No, I'm talking about an interrelationship with, 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 a, with a new land area and continuing the relationship between Palestine and the West Bank. So, in other words, creating more land because a, a huge amount of the problems in, in Israel is about settlements. It's about people wanting more land for housing and, and so on and so forth. So that's a critical matter, the land issue area. And I think that there is a possibility that that type of solution might might be a possibility. I'm not saying that it's the answer or it's an easy solution, but in, in the sense of it, it should be looked at as a possibility, as I say, it's very hard to con- con- come to any conclusion about how you can resolve the ongoing uh, differences which exist between the Palestinian, uh, Palestinians and the Israelis. But I, as I say, I come back again to, uh, well, tangential to the president's uh, opinions, 
Ireland should have a positive neutrality, an active neutrality. I know there's there's an effort at the moment to to kind of rush us into NATO or and so on. That would obviously require a referendum. But I I believe that Ireland's greatest potential is in our neutrality. We've had eight centuries of problems here. We've had the North and so on. We're still embedded in our own intractable problems. But I think what we have to bring to the international stage is our willingness to promote peace. We have our soldiers in the Lebanon and so on and so forth. So I think that we should, the idea of an international peace camp, because when people are caught up in a conflict with like Israel and Palestine, the level of in-depth anger, and then we've got religion in on top of that. And as you know yourself, when people think they have God on their side, there's no limit to the atrocities they'll commit. So as, as if you like, as a pressure valve to reduce the pressure of the problem, couldn't Ireland set up an international peace camp? Wouldn't it? Right, it might, you could say, would that be realistic? Would that be possible? I was just about vulnerable? to say that. <laughs> yeah, would we be vulnerable? Would we be foolish? But if I can go back 2,000 years, when Christ came on the stage in history, he appeared foolish and vulnerable. But 2,000 years later, we remember the efforts he made towards peace. So I would say to Ireland, wake up, take up your responsibility of neutrality and do something positive instead of sitting back like all the other countries and make the politics of condemnation is the flavor of the month. Everyone has an opinion who's wrong and who's right, but they're both wrong. They're both involved in war. Children and women are dying in the most horrific situations. And we are sitting by and all we're saying is, well, you know, who done this and who did that? Why not do something positive and set up a peace camp in the Middle East? Okay, interesting suggestion. Interesting suggestion. Um, Stay there for one second. I want to go to uh, George, who's on the line in uh, Skibbereen in beautiful West Cork. Um, George, you believe that you can't trust anything when it comes to war? Well, about that, it actually depends who is saying what to who and on which day. Uh, just a little back on it. I was in the Balkans during the, uh, the, the there three times during wars. And the thing is, it depends who is, who you're listening to to get the version of events. Remember one night, like uh, we were sitting in a, a village on the uh, one of the sides in Croatia. And the next morning, I'm listening to uh, radio, the official radio saying there were heavy bombardments, shelling, lots of people killed, this, that, everything else. I'm listening to cold. I was saying, I was in that village last night. And nothing. Mm, right. Okay. So it depends <laughs> on where. So uh, who do you it's trust? Who, fear. Yeah. Who do you trust uh, now uh, in 2023 for unbiased uh, coverage of something like what's going on uh, in Israel and the West Bank? Well, it's actually getting quite complicated. They're trying to get a, a source. It's a lot of stuff. It's uh, filtered. A lot of stuff. It's uh, blocked. You know, like there are people making up people's. Uh, uh, opinions of what we're allowed to hear, what we're not allowed to hear. But what I like to do is to just say, like, listen to all the sources. If I have ten different sources, I'll divide the truth by ten, and somewhere in the, in there is where I'm going to get. Okay, so you so you don't trust uh, big media organizations like CNN or the BBC. Well, the, the thing with like CNN and Fox, uh, they're owned by one person. Not the same companies. You know, and, no, not the same companies. No, what I'm just saying, it's one station that you know follows the the, the line. And they also, the thing, and especially in the U.S., come from Canada, I guess it's pretty well the same thing over there. But if your news station is rubbing people the wrong way, you know, the people that are advertising with you are not going to be advertising with you. Okay, so in answer to my question then, you don't really trust uh, any media source. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Like I said, there are very good sources, but you have to let everybody speak. And you believe that certain um, media outlets oh, it, are biased it, it, against 
certain people. Would. If if you ever went saving, if you ever go to the U.S., like even if you're listening to CNN or Fox, their version that you're watching over there is not the same version that we're watching over here. They have an international version. They have the local version. And you know, if, when I speak to my sister, what's happening in Europe or what's happening in the Middle East or Ukraine, they really don't see anything. All right, uh, George. Thanks very it, much it's indeed. One-sided. Thanks very much indeed for your call. What's the weather like, by the way, in uh, Skibbereen with that storm? Uh, very wet. Very, it's very wet. soft. Lovely. Even the roads are falling apart. Lovely. No, it's very wet. All right. Good to talk to you, George. Thanks very much indeed. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.